Welcome wrestling fans, the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans, and we appreciate you joining us for episode 15. I am your host, representing the old school wrestling fan, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Andy. I'm also your host, the no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. Alright guys, I'm fired up, ready for a good show today. Today we're going to be covering Hook's debut, Bobby Lashley getting added to the WWE title match of day one, AEW Dynamite, and more. But first, right now, like and subscribe to the PW Fan on YouTube where we have full episodes available. And if you can, go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW Fan to get one of our t-shirts. Alright guys, let's start the show. Andy, you're up. Alrighty, so uh, past SmackDown, the opening segment was... Uh, it's, it consisted of Sami Zayn, Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman, and I wanted to talk about this segment because I thought uh, it kind of set up things in the future. But so Sami Zayn's out there in a wheelchair, uh, Paul Heyman's out there on the mic, and Brock is out there in overalls, which uh, is <laughs> the first time we've seen that look before. He I liked overall Brock. It just made changing sense. it up. Yeah, I mean everyone knows he's a he's a farmer, farm boy. So. Um, so Brock's like kind of, you know, either playing nice or pretending to be nice to Sami Zayn, inviting him to come hunting up in Saskatchewan. Um, <laughs> Go moose hunting. And basically, you know, uh, yeah, he just goes on some moose and Sami's like, well, I'm a vegetarian, so. <laughs> or vegan, <laughs> actually. Um, <laughs> um, and so he's like, he's kind of like, you know, like I said, being nice. And Paul Heyman's in the ring basically says you know where's the brock that he knew um you know he's like you're inviting sammy to come hunting it's like you know this isn't the the brock that he advocated for oh you're leaving out the and best line of the whole sw- thing switch and he said oh my what, god tell what me what it? i'm looking at here he's i think i've been at the dispensary <laughs> too long and the edibles are kicking in <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's how he started it off. It was great. Um, Heyman's the man. That was so good. Um, so then Heyman, in a way, kind of flips a switch in Brock, saying that he's the most likely to beat Roman, and then does this whole um, spiel that he used to do with Brock, talking about the reigning, defending. Uh, and it, that starts getting Brock jacked up. And Brock's bouncing around in the ring, and then uh, he takes out the nurses that are that are in there with Sami Zayn, just th- throws them around like they're rag dolls. Um, and then he kicks Sami Zayn in the chest. The wheelchair falls over. Sami falls out of it. Uh, and then F5s Sami Zayn, who's also wearing a boot and a neck brace at the time. Um, so it seems like Paul Heyman kind of awakened the beast again <laughs> a well, little bit. Um, it was very reminiscent of the Andy. I, well, I'm sure Jeremy remembers too. What did you guys, did you guys immediately think of Zach Gowan in the wheelchair and Brock like killing him? Cause that's what I immediately, my brain immediately went to. It was kind of a callback to that. Poor Zach Gowan. Yeah. Five, that dude's leg into a pole. And then he threw him down the steps. <laughs> so when I saw this segment, it kind of made me think that Paul Heyman's going back to, Brock side a little bit um, because afterwards Caleb Braxton goes up to Brock backstage and asks him 
the question. I forget what the question was, but, um, you know, he ends up, and he said it before, but he ends up saying, why don't you ask my advocate, Paul Heyman? So just solidifying that whole idea. So, but, yeah, what do you guys think of this segment? I love these segments with Brock. Just every, everything with Brock right now is awesome. And when, when, yeah, when Heyman was like, what am I looking at right now? I'm like, this is the best version of Brock right now. I don't want him to go back. Yeah. He doesn't need but, Paul Heyman. He does not yeah. need him as a mouthpiece. He does not. You know what the worst version of Brock was? The Brock Don't party. say Boombox Brock because I like Boombox Brock. No, it was horrible. Oh. No, Brock Party was great. No. I, I like that one. That was oh hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> That was so funny. But the, when you were talking about this, Andy, um, I just kept thinking, I was like, this the segments with like Heyman and Brock, and even with Reigns right now, they feel like totally different shows than anything else on WWE right now. I agree. I agree. Because it's, I mean, not only because it's really good right now, but because it's like everything else is like, uh, as a, someone else would say, mid, or even like, you know, not great. There's nothing else on the level of these segments. Yeah. Now... I mean, really, they they are the reason that you tune into these shows. You know, anytime that I've been watching WWE product, it's clear. The best part of the show is Roman, Paul Heyman, anytime Brock Lesnar shows up. I mean, and you know what? To be fair, though, Sami Zayn is fun, too, when he's kind of in the mix. Uh, he's really good on the mic. Uh, Kevin Owens as well. Uh, but, no, I mean... Reigns, Brock, and Heyman. I mean, that's the that's that's the best part of the show. That's the whole reason why you watch. Well, we all know, you know, Reigns is the champ of champions right now in WWE, and so the champ of champions. <laughs> so uh, his segments, you know, they seem to be firing on all cylinders when it comes to the writing, at least. Yeah. I, and I'm sure I'm sure Heyman has a has a part in that. Hey, just real not quick, for being a writer, but for being you know throwing his two cents. Do you guys remember when um, God saved Roman Reigns from the demon and then just nothing ever <laughs> happened with that afterwards? <laughs> I tried to push that out of my mind that it happened. Yeah, thanks. I completely <laughs> forgot. I'm sure the people listening also forgot. I'm not forgetting. Yeah. I'm, I'll never forget. So Roman is God's champion, right? Yes. That? I thought that was Miro. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, so anything else you guys wanted to say about the Brock stuff with Paul? I I just think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is they have like the most lenient way of like uh, it's not written out like scripted wise mm -hmm. compared to everyone else. So I think that's why it's probably maybe better than other. <clears throat> also, sarcastic Brock is great. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the only other thing I wanted to talk about from SmackDown was Zia Lee finally made her debut. Uh, if you've been watching SmackDown, Naomi's been like feuding with Sonya Deville, trying to get a match with her. And so this week, she actually came out to the ring dressed in gear, but stopped at the ring and said that she was going to wrestle uh, Shayna Baszler. Well, Naomi ended up beating Shayna Baszler, but then also Natalia comes out, and I believe they start going after... And, Inclusion of Deville also goes after uh, Naomi, and then Zaylee comes out to be like the protector kind of thing. Is how her video packages has have uh, built her up to be. But she came out, 
you know, did a couple moves. Uh, Naomi and her were the last women standing. Uh, with with only Sonya Deville left in the ring, they took her out. But I don't know. I felt like it was kind of a lackluster debut. Um, I would have rather just seen her have a good one on one match with with someone. But you know, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I think what, what they do might with have it. to learn how to debut people from AEW from this recent rampage. Oh well, we will so, talk about yeah, that. Well, we're <laughs> we'll actually going to talk about that right now. So yeah, uh, yeah, WWE can learn how it's to an do easy a little, transition. little bit of a debut. Yeah, it, it's very easy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this rampage. The only thing I wanted to talk about was Taz finally sent Hook. Sent Hook, not send Hook anymore. No, finally Hook sent has him. been sent. He made his <laughs> debut against Fuego del Sol. I loved it. I loved it. I think everyone else loved it or at least the majority of fans you know from what i could see online they were all about hook dude, dude he's comes a mini taz to i mean it sounded like yeah like he comes out his whole demeanor he's just walking to the ring uh great just great looking facial serious ready to fight kind of thing when he gets in there yep fuego del souls uh already in there he gets he gets into the ring he Goes to the corner and he just turns around, doesn't even face Fuego. Uh, so I love that. Just the little bits and pieces that they they added to his character. Then he gets in the ring and he he's good. I mean he he looks like a natural in there. Uh, it was also like mentioned on the mic, like he did not seem tired at all or out of breath. He just his conditioning was ridiculous. He's dude. He's a but stud. I thought he's it was young. a really strong debut. Yeah, he dude's gonna be he's a star. Twenty two, he will yeah, be a star for sure. He's yeah, they're crazy. Or he's, well, it's he's just crazy. funny. Like we all hated him, you know, when he was just like well, beating people up first. with Team Taz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was kind of ironic. Like send Hook because they're never gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Hook's been freaking sent, guys. Yeah, he dude. Taz said, yeah. Taz said, you want to be about... sent Hook? Well, I've sent him. <laughs> I love that. Think about Hook in four years from now, how good he'll be if he sticks with it. No, oh, he's a future champion, that's for sure. Yeah. Dude, Wait, is he one of the pillars now? <laughs> Here's the thing. like, he, he, he will be a pillar eventually. He has a yeah. great – they have a great foundation of future talent. Like, they're young – I hate saying this, but they're young talent. Um, it's just awesome. I mean – they have storylines and stars going forward for the next like, they're like Marvel right now. They got like, <laughs> they got so many options, so many <laughs> like years worth of stuff that they could do. He, I mean, they just have a great young roster of. I mean, between MJF, honestly, I thought Jungle Boy was going to be a little bit more of a breakout star, but it just goes to show how important a promo is, you know. He was for a but, little bit, but I feel like we yeah. haven't seen that much of him lately. But here's the thing with with Hook, I don't want to know if he can talk or not. Just don't just don't talk. Like I like him exactly how he is. You know what I mean? Just come out, like whip on yeah. somebody, roll out. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing. When he when he got finished his match, he just rolled out and just walked back yep. up the ramp. I see, I'm like, yeah, Same don't demeanor. even talk. Just beat beat some ass. All business. It was all, all right. business. He just came in, got the job done, 
rolled out. Yeah, because what's going to happen is he's finally going to cut a promo and he's going to be like, I am, I, I'm here to fight. And it's going to like ruin everything. I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I have no idea how he sounds. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to ruin everything. And his, his theme song is perfect too. Yeah. Well, funny part about that is, I mean, that's, uh, so Dexter Loomis from NXT used to be an impact and that's actually like kind of how he sounds. And so when That's when I right. saw that video and then I saw him and actually I was like I get why they don't have him talk. <laughs> makes sense. Well, that's how people used to look at Brock was, too. But pe- people used to think that Brock was going to have a more intimidating voice, and he's like Goldberg. Like it's like it's a lot different than you what you would picture. But <laughs> I think now he's like you said. All, say all it's not time, intense maybe. like Goldberg or anything. No, it's like he's, higher pitch. He's funny enough on his own where he doesn't even need i like the Heyman brock combo but like this run of brock has been fun i'm getting back onto brock but because we were talking about promos but anyway let's keep it going yeah so um i expect to see big things from hook over the yeah. years it's uh, he's just getting started yeah. but you know we, fans seem to really like him um so we'll just see how 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 it goes how the rest or what I'm curious to see what matches actually like he ends up having um well it's kind of skipping ahead I guess but on this dynamite that we're going to talk about they actually announced his next match next match on the Christmas Eve rampage so maybe I missed that part okay we'll have to talk about it once we yeah yeah, we'll talk about it but I I didn't I don't think I recalled so I'm excited to hear who it is against yeah, I know they announced a couple of things, and we'll we'll talk about that. Um, but I, yeah, I don't remember the hook one. But moving on, um, we had Raw this past Monday, and two things I wanted to talk about. There was another Miss TV segment, and his guest was Maurice. But uh, of course, you know Edge has to come out, and so they had another you know good back and forth promo. Um, Miz ends up throwing champagne in Edge's face. Edge goes after uh, the Miz, but Miz throws Maurice in in front of him. Uh, and then Miz ends up doing the skull crushing finale to Edge. Maurice gets pissed at Miz for uh, using her as a shield and slaps in the face and walks out the ring. But uh reason why I want to talk about this is I just thought the promo work was, was good as usual between the two of them. Um, did you guys see it? What you guys think? I, I saw it for uh, day one, so it's just gonna be Edge versus Miz. I, I saw it. I mean, here's the whole thing about this program for me. All right, and I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but to me, the whole thing's just like fine. You know, it's just like okay, yeah. I mean, good promo work. It's fine, but I don't know. I when I pictured Edge's comeback, I pictured some different stuff. You know, the more of more of the Rollins stuff is what I pictured. You know, like having these dream matches like Edge and AJ Styles or like so like it's just AJ Styles. He's he's had like a ton of Randy Orton matches, which is fine. He had the Seth stuff and then now he's doing the stuff with the Miz and it's like all fine, you know. I just thought it was gonna be a little bit of a different run, you know. It's just we I'm sure, like, they're when they are they going to do the match between Beth and is it going to be Beth and Edge versus Maurice and Miz? Is that do you think this is where they're going to go with that? Could be later, but right now it's scheduled for just Edge and Miz at day one, right? 
Yeah, it just so, it just seems like kind of like a you know you never know. Um, and I've been vocal on the show that I I like them is it's just like I don't know when I I put Edge I guess in a certain tier of program like I picture him having a program with. I mean, God, that's not fair either. You know, I got to be honest. I take because he did have the the run with uh, Roman too. So yeah, he's done. He's done some stuff. I just was hoping that we'd get that AJ feud in eventually. Yeah, I think a lot of people are hoping for that. I can see why people are disappointed with him is because he doesn't. As much as he's been in main events, he doesn't seem like he's up on the scale of like an edge. I don't know why I feel that way about yeah, I him think, too. Though, cause I, it, it's not like he does anything wrong. Yeah. He's well, like he's a good dog, wrestler man. and like he's good on the mic. I don't know. <laughs> I just I really don't know. <laughs> Maybe you just had in your head a, a picture a different run for Edge this time around. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you think about it, there's not very many heels uh on Raw I feel like right now. I mean, yeah. half of them are in this title picture, you know, coming up. And I guess you can only you get have, like you mur- have AJ, but AJ's. Well, you can only get murdered by the heel like so many times. Like Randy, like killed him with a concerto, and then like Roman like destroyed him. So it's like murdered. you can only like have the he- the heel like like kill you like so many. Like, I guess maybe he needs a different kind of feud, you know, like something that's not as like life and death situation. I think the story's <laughs> probably easy to tell. I mean, because they both have a. They were both were in the company before, and so Miz can talk about yeah. and actually, you know, because he was there for the old Edge, and yeah. so it's it's kind of it kind of writes itself a little bit. Look at us today trying to talk about AEW, and for once we keep coming back to WWE. What does that say? Is it, are they are they doing something right? I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, day one uh, seems like it's going to be. It's gonna be all right for right now. There's some the title match. I think will be good. Uh, we got this match. Uh, I and th- they might have set up Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch again. I'm not sure. I still think she's the only one feuding with her. Um, that seems gonna be pretty good. Yeah. But so the only other thing I wanted to talk about with Raw is so originally the the WWE title match for day one was. It was set to be Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Big E. This week, after the week before when Lasha had come out and attacked everyone, this week Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce told Bobby that if he beats Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Big E all in one night, he gets added to the match. Well, he did. My whole thing is, this dude can do that... And then you have your champion. Like, what, is, what does I tell you about your champion? I've said it before. The way they've booked Biggie, I mean, I think his title run is over. I think they did what they did, like they did with Kofi. You know, people loved him, and they're like, okay, time to slowly, you know, get the belt off of you. I don't see him retaining at day one. Yeah, it's tough to argue with that, too, because you've seen it happen before. Yeah, like, I, we even said, talked about when, like, Punk was champion, that they did the same thing. Which is um, fine. I don't want yeah. Bobby Bobby to win though. Yeah. I I kind of want Rollins to win. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I want to go with Rollins too. I feel like Owens he... Owens has re-signed a multi-year con you know multi-year deal. So I'd be fine with him winning again. I liked him as champion 
before when he was uh, with Jericho all the time. But I just I, I don't see Big E winning. Yeah. They they did something wrong over the years where they did something where the two belts like doesn't work anymore. Like I used to look at for, like right now I'm looking at the uh the undisputed like Eddie Guerrero title on my shelf and then I over here I got the big uh, big gold world heavyweight. So when I was a kid and I'm sure you guys remember I used those to look at equal those. to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I would look at Triple H on the one show and maybe Brock or Taker on the other show and to me they felt equal. Like they were both like they were two different champions on two for different shows, but it felt like I didn't look at one as like the real champion and the other guy was just like kind of like the other guy fill like filling in. That didn't start happening for me until right. I'm trying to think of like well, okay, this might be a little bit of a a a, a hot take, and I and I don't mean it with disrespect, but I think for me the first time I remember thinking the championships weren't equal is when, and I I don't think it has anything to do with size. I really don't. Is when Ray won the world heavyweight. I remember I started being like, eh, like I kind of look at like <laughs> like the other the other guy is like more of the champion, and then. There's like been like other people along the way, like Jack Swagger, won the world heavyweight title, and then you know I like Dolph, but he won it for a night. So there was like things that they did where I was like, eh, I don't know. They kind of like took the the importance off of it, and now they got this Universal Championship, this WWE Championship, and to me it's kind of like they always put whatever show, whether that's Raw or SmackDown. SmackDown seems to be the new baby. Now that Fox is involved, um, it's like the the main guy always goes on the show where all the people are watching, and then they have like this other guy that they give the belt to, but then it doesn't really mean anything. And I don't mean that in like a like a mean way. I just mean like I don't remember it the same way. Like when I if someone said who doesn't know anything about wrestling or hasn't watched in a long time said, "Oh, who's the who's the wrestling champion right now?" I'd say uh, Roman Reigns. That would be the the person that came to mind. Like, wouldn't you say you're not gonna say Big E? Well, Dad asked me who the champion in, uh, was, and I said Roman Reigns. Right, <laughs> that was my exact there answer. There you go. Right. I didn't say the other guy. You know, I didn't say Big E. I said Roman. But that's not, and that's not Big E's fault though. Like, but I don't know I th- what th- they did wrong. I just think they make the other stuff so important. I think it comes down to one of those things, though. I think it comes down to one of those things where. I mean, it's a classic line of you know the superstar makes the makes the belt, not the the belt doesn't make the superstar. You know, because I remember when AJ was a WWE champion, I forget who the the other champion was at the time, but you know, to me, AJ felt like the champion at that time. I agree, and it, there, it could have been Roman or Brock. Even it was probably Brock on the other show. But I mean, that's the mentality of the uh, guy makes the the guy makes the title. And the title doesn't make the guy, so yeah. there's it's just two different schools of thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that covers Raw. Do you guys want to get into Dynamite? Well, what do you guys think about um, Kevin Owens resigning? Oh. Because he's kind of like the only the guy's one a fam- out of the guy's like, a family man. I think he did what yeah. was best for his family. Yeah. As a as a like ninety percent of the people who are leaving right now are done. As someone who's married and I'm and also a father, 
sometimes you have to put your artistic pride aside to take care of your like for your family like if an opportunity is good enough it can't just be again I I'm a music guy so I use music references you know you might be a talented musician and you might want to make this really weird experimental rock that you think is great but then if a, somebody came to you and said I'll give you two million dollars to play in my generic rock band all you have to do is show up and it's like man it's hard to turn that type of thing down when you have a family to take care of you know so I, I think good for him. He he had to do what was right for him. I'd read that his uh his contract was um so it's a multi year deal and I believe it's for like two to three million dollars, something like that. A year. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, maybe he didn't think that AEW could match that, which It'd be well, hard it sounded to. like they they offered him something, but WWE came back with like this huge offer. So yeah. it's like, yeah, that makes sense. So. To go with that. You know, if they if they can't match that, or you know, uh, go higher, being a family man, he probably was just like, yeah, I'll just I'll stay. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he his... would have an easier schedule at AW and could be home more. That's what I was thinking. Not saying that because clearly, like other wrestlers and other companies are very wealthy and make tons of money but i mean he has his son i don't he might have more than one child i don't know and he's probably like all right i can pay for college i could help them buy a house like about buy my mom a house you know like there's things that like you like think about like so i think you know he had to do what felt right for him and if that's making sure his family is like number one that's cool all right let's get into dynamite um this was the Winter is Coming special. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go right into it. <laughs> opening also known match. as the Hangman and Danielson special. <laughs> yeah. So the opening match was our AW uh, World Championship match. It was Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. This was They said it was an hour long. It was a little bit more because I watched it uh after the fact, the so, feds. I just know it was like it was at like an hour and s- like six, or hour to ten, like somewhere in between there, um, because you know they do have the beginning with entrances and oh, all that yeah, and yeah. painting to the crowd. So, but it, it was definitely over an hour long. Uh, match was freaking awesome. <laughs> uh, there's a reason why. Hangman's the champion, and that Danielson's in that you know title picture. Uh, but this match went yeah a little over an hour. They said it was an hour, but because it it went to an hour draw, let's just say that. Uh, but what a crazy TV match! How would you guys? Comp- I was wondering how you all felt. How would you guys compare it to like the Kenny Omega, Daniel Brian Danielson draw? I felt like that one. I don't know. I felt like that one was probably better, but this one was still. It was like to me, it's like one A, one B, really, because mm-hmm. they're both really good. Yeah, I got to. Su- took me by surprise because I didn't think they were going to do a sixty-minute TV show or TV uh, wrestling match. I prefer. I mean, they're both amazing. I liked a tad more the the Kenny match because it literally was like. 
holy crap, like, I, is this really happening? You know, that was like a pinch me type of moment, you know, like where <laughs> this had build. So That's it was, what I was like, thinking. You know, maybe you guys thought that was more of a dream match. One yeah. was like, I can't believe this is really happening like right now. This is crazy. And then they also delivered like above and beyond expectations. And then this one had like the slow build and then it also delivered. So I just think it's two different two different things. But the the magic of the dream match is something that I don't know if it will ever I can't think of any other guys unless uh, AJ Styles or Roman Reigns decides to randomly show up in AEW. I can't think of how we're going to get another moment like that. You know what I mean? AJ versus Kenny would do it for me. Right. That yeah. would be the <laughs> that would be the next. I mean, one. I also want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever they do the Danielson Punk match, that's going to be another. Well, one yeah. Where it's like that'll be a big one. Yeah. It's just different. It's going to be different than their matches in WWE because it's kind of like. First of all, the fans are going to be with it because they know what's up, and they're going to do, like, full-force pro wrestling, you know, where I feel like sometimes in WWE you got to throw in, like, when they were feuding before, it was like AJ Lee was, like, in love with both of them. Like, I just think it's going to be a different (laughs) feel all around when we finally get there. I felt like this match, I mean, not that Hangman really needed it, but it really... uh showed that he could really go oh yeah and I, you know and that not that we knew he wasn't already like a really good wrestler but i don't think i've ever seen him do like an hour-long match before like singles match yeah. i can't remember an hour-long tv match when was like the last one yeah no tim would bring you back to like a Shawn <laughs> yeah. michaels match uh that he had on tv i forget do you know what i'm talking about tim didn't he have like the an last hour-long match before, uh, the last hour long, the last hour long match I remember, and and I, someone's gonna be like, oh, they've done it since then. But the last one I, from a, actually being an Iron Man match, it was uh, Brock versus Kurt on like a SmackDown, in like I don't know, awesome two thousand three. Yeah, that's like the Great last match. time I remember like. But this wasn't even an Iron Man match. This was old school pro wrestling hour to a yeah. like Ric Flair used to say we used to hour wrestle to a time hour time limit draw every night, you know that kind of thing. Like this was like just old. See, school. I, th- I awesome. thought there was a match that uh, I thought there was a match Shawn Michaels had because Jericho watched it during his time off and it made him want to come back. If you remember, oh, it was um, oh well. Oh God! I Him and say, C- Michael's and Cena, I think. Either Michael's and Cena, and yeah, he had a great match was. with Shelton Benjamin on Raw. There were some good ones. Yeah, I think it was the Michael Cena match, and it, it made Jericho. He said, "Want to come back to Triple H and Shawn Michaels wrestled in a Hell in a Cell for like fifty minutes. Like it wasn't the full hour, but it was Kevin Nash as the special guest referee. N- no, no, this is at Bad Blood at. In like it was a bad blood oh four. It was like an hour long match. Kevin Nash refereed a different one. He refereed uh, Mick. Okay. Uh, well, anyway. Mick Foley refereed Kevin Nash versus Triple H in the Hell in a Cell. That's yeah, what okay. you're thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They... Yeah. I'm glad this match didn't have any of that because this was. I love when they do that. The old school, just two guys going at it, and it was an hour long. 
Well, that's yeah. my that's my oh, favorite type of wrestling story too. It's in like, yeah, yeah, and I like felt like it showed that, like you said, Andy, the Hangman can hang with the top talent, and yeah. I think it just kind of proved it in this match. Really, I had no problem with the draw either. No, I mean the fans are chanting one more minute, but yeah. you know that outcome. Both men still, uh, you know, doesn't they weren't hurt by it at all. You know. Yeah. And I'm glad they ended it as an. Also like, sets up another one. It sets up another another match yeah. between them. So, and I, I'm sure that's you know going to be down the road, but. Yeah, well, I think almost Tony like it's Khan unfinished business. Yeah, Tony Khan just said like, yeah, they're not done yet, and I think it's you know might be at the Battle of the Belts. He said, which is the, like the first or second week of January. Is that when they're doing the Owen Hart tournament? I can't remember. I okay. think it's somewhere around that time. Okay. So that was the opening match. Then we had a, a backstage segment with Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and the Young Bucks, and they say that next week they're gonna—he's gonna have the best Christmas present ever for them. Um, Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, that you know—that's where my head went. But I was thinking about like WWE's like no compete clause. And but he just let it ran. He, he let the contract run out. He didn't get released mm. oh that's why I, oh yes okay so yeah, yeah he could just jump ship if he wanted to yeah that's kind of why adam cole was able to just go over yeah like right four away nights okay. after okay they gotta get adam yeah, cole away um, from the and i think books. kyle o'reilly tweeted something out o'reilly yeah, tweeted something out kind of teasing so yeah we shall see but um so after that there was a we had a match, which I thought was really random, but it was Wardlow versus Matt Seidel. Uh, he made very quick work of him. <laughs> he basically just destroyed. I'm kind of feeling Matt Wardlow Seidel. a little bit. I'm like, all right, Wardlow, I'm with it. Yeah, but they're, <laughs> they're getting him over as a babyface. Yeah, they're, I was like, all right. It, it's, it feels like right, to me boo. they're doing they're doing what they they're doing what they did with uh, Batista and Triple H years ago. Where the big guy's kind of like sick of uh, the yeah. the main guys like shit, and so <laughs> you know Sean Spears is out there and basically said MJF who is the too. worst. Go oh, get him this. God. Go get him. Th- he sucks. Who <laughs> Sean Spears? Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> the chairman, dude. He is just like when he comes out. I'm, I'm like, like, what like is role. this? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. There's something about him. Yeah. But whenever uh, Wardlow does turn on MJF, he's gonna that's gonna be a huge pop. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping sure. what it's leading towards is I hope I mean, Wardlow they've, they've kills Sean Spears first. <laughs> that's that's what I want. It's him <laughs> yeah. to power bomb Sean Spears twenty times. <laughs> um, but they've been kind of like. Little by little over over the years, I feel like, you know, been showing the disrespect from MJF to Wardlow and Wardlow slowly getting, you know, kind of sick of being told what to do all the time. So it's kind of obvious now that's where it's headed. He's eventually going to turn on him. It'll be a good way to get Wardlow over too. Like I said, like when Batista went from being, you know, a heel part of Evolution and then turned on Triple H, he became the biggest baby face in the entire company. Yeah, and then went on to win the rumble, and then, well, that's how it started. He won the rumble, and then chose to go against Hunter. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so that'll be interesting once once that comes to fruition. After that, we had a, a video package for Ty Conti and Penelope Ford, who were uh, having a match at this upcoming Rampage. So I guess she's still feuding with you know the Bunny and Penelope Ford and all that, but the never-ending feud. Uh, after that, we had a really weird. <laughs> yeah, well, there. That's you know, AEW does have some never-ending feuds. I don't. I still don't believe they're actually done with Orange Cassidy <laughs> and uh, Matt Hardy. <laughs> I need. I need more time away from it to believe it. They didn't know the year. <laughs> to build it. I won't. I won't say right. who, but there's another podcast host who said something about Orange Cassidy that made me laugh. Where he was like, "Tell a different joke." He's like, "You've been saying the same joke for three years." <laughs> My God. <laughs> So there was there was a weird promo. I'm kind of confused about it, but it was Malachi Black's like promo video. He's like in a house. I mean, it's all about the House of Black stuff, but I don't know what he was. He's cryptic. All right, we all we all know that. Um, so I guess we'll just have to see where that's going. If you guys do remember the his video package at all. Yeah, it's Brody King, right? Is that what From it is? He, well, he said uh, the house um, is that something about you're not a king anymore, or you're not only a king anymore, or something like that. Oh, so he's trying to make, have like a stable now. Yeah, and they were tag team in Ring of Honor, I think, or somewhere around there. Oh, okay. So you picked you're the you're the indie wrestling guy, <laughs> you know. You picked up on that, but didn't wasn't uh, official? Wasn't he signed now? Yeah, I mean after. Uh, Dynamite, everyone started uh, saying that he's officially signed now. They, they just Brody King, right? It. Yeah. Okay. So, that, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Uh, so, after that, we had Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb, which, talk about never-ending feuds. We have seen this before, but I thought it was a good match. Hikaru Shida was, the, was your winner in the end. Um, Andy, yeah, what really do you match. think of the match? Other yeah, really Andy, good. other listeners might be like, "Duh, who didn't know that?" But you're the one that pointed out to me that Serena Deeb is the girl from the Straight Edge Society who was bald, and I didn't even realize. I was like, "Oh yes. my god, I it saw is a picture, her. and <laughs> I had no idea." I knew her name was Serena, uh, yeah, so I, I don't even know why I took the. Like, I didn't oh put the. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't put that together. I knew her name, and like it's just she looks so different. Oh, that was her name in the Straight Edge Society. No, I just knew yeah, I her. Say, it's hard to tell when person's bald, right? No, because there's in the um, in the old CM Punk Blu-ray that they put out, the best in the world years ago. He was talking about Gallows, and I remember he said, you know, and Serena did such a good job, and I like I, that always like I don't know I'm I can remember people's names. It's like a barber thing, I guess. But um, so I knew that, but it was just weird. I was just like, oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah, I saw that picture. I was just like, "Oh, wouldn't you know?" So, yeah, just it's hard to recognize people when they're bald, you know, compared to <laughs> yeah. compared to now. Uh, after so after that match, you, yeah, your winner was Hikaru Shida. It was a good match. After that, though, we had a backstage segment with the Varsity Blondes, and I feel bad. I don't know the other half of their team. That guy. Um, <laughs> that guy. I, I know Brian the one Pilman that's Jr. the I'm one sorry, that's not Pillman Jr. 
<laughs> the other one. Yeah. So not the not one Pillman that's not Jr. Brian Pillman. Basically, is all fired up. He's all fired up because Malachi Black uh, sprayed the mist in Julia Hart's face super randomly uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, almost for no reason. And so he's he pretty much says, you know, if you're not going to go out there and stick up for her, then I am. So he challenges Malachi Black to a match, I want to say next week. Because it wasn't for this upcoming seconds. it wasn't for this upcoming rampage. I know that. Yeah, no, it's next week, yeah. Okay. So uh, It better be luck. a short match. Yeah, good luck to you, sir. You were about to get destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we had a, a video <laughs> video package for uh, Eddie Kingston. I'm sorry, I don't exactly remember what he talked about, but I feel like he was... I know it had something to do with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. I don't remember, though, if he was setting up a match. Yeah, he set the, uh, the Rampage match between... Uh, it was him. It's Lucha like a Bros. ten man, right? Yeah. Him, and Lucha Ortiz. Brothers, and uh, Proud Ortiz and Powerful. And yeah. Against the acclaimed and two point And Daniel, yeah, I guess Daniel Garcia is part. Yeah, two point and Daniel and and Daniel Garcia is what I say. Yeah. Um, so he's gonna be wrestling SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was Jericho's worst material he's ever done. Um, so then this brought us to our main event MGF comes out first he gets on the mic basically saying how CM Punk all he could talk about was how bad the hockey team was in Long Island and he just kept making the same joke he's like your local sport team sucks (laughs) that's all you got yeah so he's, he's trashing on Punk's promo from last week in Long Island uh, but this led so our main event was MGF versus Dante Martin. It was the Dynamite Ring Finals. Your winner was MJF. Uh, I thought the match made Dante Martin look really good, though he had a big botched shooting star to the outside of the rank, which yeah. he almost died. <laughs> I'm glad MJF like would he catch his leg or whatever. Yeah, I mean. Dun- it, it it didn't hit fully. Let's just say that yeah, <laughs> half of his body was past MJF's body. Yeah, this is kind of the style that I think Tim you were saying before that he looks really good in the ring, but it just looks too I don't know choreographed or something. Not as like uh, wrestling wise. So he does a lot of spots. There was one thing, and I I believe that even Ricochet and Will Osprey, who were like in my head, of this particular style that we're talking about, like the Dante and Martin style. I think that they are like the innovators of that style. And even they have said, no, they, they're they not harsh. They watch some stuff of people doing these kinds of like gymnastic wrestling things. And they'll say like, you know, instead of being mean, they'll say, you know, you certain things come with time and like you guys will get better. But what like what they're saying is even Ricochet was like, you know, you can do the moves, like any anybody can like not anybody, but you know we can all do the moves. It's it's the stuff in between. It's yeah, I certainly uh, can't do the moves. <laughs> it's the yeah I can't do the moves, um, but it's the stuff in between that really makes the difference. Some of the physicality and he just need Dante just needs to make it a little bit more look like a fight rather than just like a dance. Because what he can do yeah. is awesome. Like, I'm like, holy 
crap. Like, that's incredible. But if he just looked like it was like a... I don't know. It almost makes it look too easy. You know, like, it's like... It's like so easy looking that you're just like, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't really know how to react, you know? Like, when you crash and burn on top of the guy, instead of, like, landing perfectly on your feet, I sometimes think it just, like, has, like, a different effect, you know? Like Darby. Darby, Darby throws himself around, but he just like... seems like he's just destroying himself and other people. Like, Darby... Darby's, like, very <laughs> Pure chaos. Yeah. What did MJF say on the mic before Dante came out? He's like, he's like, Dante, I know you have the personality of, like, a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it just popped into my head. <laughs> just roasted his very existence. Um, yeah, pretty much. And he's also, like, you got all the talent in the world, but the personality of yeah. basically garbage. <laughs> Also, I didn't even like Dante Martin is back with Leo Rush. Like they they barely explained that. It pointless. The whole thing was pointless. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was just because now it seems like womp, maybe womp, Dante is gonna be feuding with someone. Maybe Ricky Starks from Team Taz. Maybe it was a way yeah. for to do that. Which I was like, what's the point in doing that? Because or joining Team Taz anyways, because you could just <laughs> feud with them to begin with. Yeah. I don't know. And now that Dante Martin did that, it's like you haven't seen Leo Rush really for like yeah. two weeks. It's um, weird. But so, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ricky Sarks came out and kind of distracted, and then MJF was able to get the win because of Ricky Sarks. Yeah. Is that why? Okay. Yeah. So your winner, and uh, I saw he's now a three-time Dynamite Ring champion. Third year. <laughs> Still, I think he. I think he's still undefeated in singles matches. I don't know if he's ever been pinned clean, or he's ever. He's never lost clean. Basically. MJF. Yeah, he's lost to, uh, for other Jericho. reasons, but I don't think he's ever lost cleanly in the ring in the singles match. Yeah. Like there's either a distraction from someone or something like that. I think so. But that wrapped up. Uh, winter is coming. It looks so a good show. Right. Did they end it with Punk? Did he run out there? Yeah. He did? No? I thought he did. Okay. Sorry, yeah, I forgot. I was like, that set up the next week. Yeah, because he set up he the next He didn't get on the mic, though, or anything. Yeah. He just, I think he no. was just trying to help out. No, no is that the, is that the one where he came uh, out in the shirt? Down. In, in the shirt? Yeah. And okay. the, yeah, the pro-choice shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might, I might have turned it off too early, guys. <laughs> like a, yeah, well, that's the part like a boss. where they, they shut off the lights after it was FTR and MJF, and they were attacking Dante Martin. Okay, I do remember the lights, the lights being turned and off. And I was then. like, here's some debut, and then it was Sting and Darby, and I was like, oh. Yeah, okay. I <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, okay. okay. It's Sting. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, Malachi Black. I was like, why is he coming out? <laughs> yeah, uh, but then, yeah, then Punk set up the... Uh, six man tag for next week. Gotcha. Okay. No, I do remember that now that you said that. But uh, yeah, so that was that was winter is coming. There's so, I don't. This is just a side note. I don't know what he said, but Excalibur Taz made me laugh at one point on commentary because Excalibur said something, and Taz just real quick was like, "Shut up, Excalibur." <laughs> it just made me crack up because I, I don't. Dude, Taz was, is the best. It was just like real quick, like and it just like made me crack up. <laughs> 
I feel like Taz still does commentary like he's doing on Dark right now, but then Excalibur tries to do it like he's on Dynamite, where he right. doesn't play along, and then Taz just gets annoyed at him. <laughs> oh, was that is that it? That's the end of the show? I was having such a good time, I didn't even realize that <laughs> that's that was... it. <laughs> you should leave that in. Unfinished Wonder is coming. At least a piece of me saying that. That's just, is that it? Yeah. Alright, hang on. Let me let me do a closeout here. I was really into our conversation. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, that wraps up Winter is Coming. That also wraps up the show. Thanks again for listening. Uh, before we roll out today, please go on Twitter and Instagram and follow us at the PW Fan, and you can always follow Andy's Funko Pop Collection page on Instagram at the 410 Fan Bros. Um, just wanted to give a little shout out to a follower on Instagram named Suki and Pops. They uh, have been following us for a while, and they always are very supportive of what we do, so I think that's cool. If anybody else wants to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter, we give you a shout out as well. Thanks again for listening and join us next week on the PW Fan Podcast where we talk all things pro wrestling. Bye-bye, everybody.